Thanks for tuning in to Seven Figure Fitness Business. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can make the transition from being a personal trainer to being an online business owner and essentially the five hats that you'll need to know about or that you'll need to wear in that process or in that change. Now, where we're going to start this story is, is basically... I get on calls all the time with people who are in that position. They are a business owner, or sorry, they're a personal trainer, and they're looking at going online. And they know why. They think that they want more money and more freedom, and they want to have time and all that kind of good stuff. But what really becomes apparent is when I ask them, what do you think is the, the major hurdle that might prevent you being able to do this successfully in the next six to 12 months? It becomes rather obvious to me that they have no idea about the problems that they may face. They don't understand that there is potentially going to be marketing involved, sales involved, administration involved, what we call messaging or bookings involved. Because they're a coach and they've only ever been a coach perhaps, they don't understand the other moving elements that are gonna be involved in their business. And so we wanted to discuss this today so we can kind of break down for anyone who's listening in those different departments and how they're actually going to be so essential. So I guess for you boys, like, you know, you, you obviously have different roles and you've had kind of roles as doing all of these hats and also wearing just one or two of them. I want to start off with you, G, like what are the, the hats that you wear in a business these days? So my two roles in our health business are effectively, you know, being a visionary, deciding the direction of the business, and I impart my vision to our CEO. But secondly, it's marketing. I spend my time making sure that we're getting the greatest return on investment. And the reason that I spend my time in that division is that's the point of leverage in the business that's gonna have the greatest change because we spend a lot of money on marketing and it's my job to effectively make sure we spend less and make more sales. I wanna pull into this straight away because any fitness business owner out there that I speak to, I would estimate that 95% of the time, perhaps even more than that, marketing is the thing that they have no idea how to do successfully. And the truth is that unless you have a consistent flow of good quality leads coming in at the top of your business, you're never going to have success because what's going to happen is you just don't have the opportunity to grow. So marketing becomes the first hat. I'm going to actually speak you know, spell them out really quickly and then we can dive into them. You've got marketing, which most personal trainers do not know how to do. You have sales, which personal trainers can do this because they're used to face-to-face -face selling where it's very kinesthetic and you act actually use things like body language and all that good stuff, but you don't have that over the phone. When you're going to sell online, you're going to sell over the phone and personal trainers don't know how to do that. They don't know how to take payments over the phone. There's a lot of things like this. The next one would be delivery, which is one thing that we feel that we know as personal trainers how to do, right? We know how to help our clients, but now you've got another problem. How are you going to put that in an online course? How's it all going to gel together? And how is it going to take your client through a smooth process from beginning person A to person B, where they feel like they are at their goal? So that's the next thing. We've got bookings or messaging, which is involved in taking prospective leads and getting them to the process or nurturing them to the process of actually booking in for a sales call. And then another thing that all personal trainers hate, they detest it, is administrative work. These are your five sections. And when you become a business owner, these departments cannot be left. If they do, you're going to have problems. So either you're going to have to learn how to take them on or you're going to have to staff them out, but they exist and they need to be looked after. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where it's like, 
a lot of times people are used to running their business in a way where if you ignore the things that you don't like, you know, it's eventually going to go away with an online space. It's like if you there's no way you can possibly ignore some of those things like it's going to come back and bite you in, in the butt. Right. So you can't bury your head in the sand and hope that that problem goes away eventually. Like it, you're going to reach a, a ceiling where you have to address it or you're you're, you're not going to continue to grow. Your business is going to break. There are a lot of aspects here, like some apply directly to having an online business and some di- apply directly to, you know, starting a business. And I know when I started out, I very much, you know, I got to start out, I started at a vision personal training and they had a unique system where they did all the sales for me. Um, they did all of my administration. All I had to do really was focus on getting the client's results. So I could focus on being a coach. I could focus on my communications ability. And, you know, as soon as I transitioned away from being an employee at that gym, there was this huge realization that I needed all of these different skill sets as a business owner. And I had the same transition when I moved from being a business owner as a personal trainer into becoming an online business owner because you have this entire new world of knowledge that you need to take on. And often that transition for people is far more difficult than they first anticipate. And for those of you guys who are listening who are like in the US, Vision Personal Training is like LA Fitness where they do everything for you. And then the Energize is like 24-hour fitness where they don't do anything for you and you have to build your own business. And the second one, that, that was, I went to a gym in the middle. So Fitness First was the more, um, you know, hands off from the business, from the management side. Okay, so 24 is like the, the last one that you that you transitioned to. Yeah, so those, just so you guys can kind of connect the dots. So if you've ever worked at like LA Fitness to do all the sales and marketing for you and you just get to show up and just be a personal trainer, it's a great setup. You don't make as much money, but you also don't do anything that you don't like. 24 hour fitness, you have to work the floor, go to kind of do your own lead generation, do your own sales, track your own like commissions and things like that. It sucks, especially for people starting out. But if you get good good at it, those skills are really, really helpful for other areas of your business. I was pretty happy with the pathway I took. I mean, I effectively got to hone just those skills before I took on, you know, this extra four, you know, these extra four skills that I didn't have at the time. You know, you can imagine how difficult it is um, when you're starting out. And I know many of you who are listening to this are going to know exactly what I'm talking about when you're trying to learn five skills all at the same time, rather than just being able to focus on one thing. Yeah. So I think it's important to recognize that even when you're at the vision, Gosen, like those five departments still existed. It's just that you weren't aware of the fact necessarily, you didn't have to be that the gym was doing them for you. And, you know, we used to kind of joke about how bad the pay was at the vision because, you know, ultimately like they take such a huge chunk, but that was almost naivety because we didn't realize that they were doing the marketing and that they were doing the sales. Like you didn't have to get new members. They sold everybody for you. They just said, here's your client, just look after them and I'll give you money. Right? So like, that's the kind of thing is when we're a personal trainer and we go in and we think, why are they paying such a stingy amount? It's because they're already kind of, they're already paying to get the customer 
basically ready to just hand off to you. Whereas when you went to the fitness first, which is a lot more of like a free model where you're effectively transitioning from a an employee to a small business owner, now you kind of, you don't have to do the marketing 100% because they're still paying to get people in the gym, but you do have to basically go out there and do the sales, you know? And if you, I know you eventually got to the point where you were marketing because you wanted to take over and really take the marketing to another level, which is actually highly unusual for those kind of gyms. Most people just see who comes along they go and they approach them. So they do like a very face-to-face kind of sales approach. And obviously, most personal trainers are horrific when it comes to things like administrative tasks. So they kind of leave their admin to build up to like critical level. When you go online, the, point, the picture that we're trying to paint here is how important it is. Part of your freedom that comes with an online business is by utilizing systems that can allow you to manage each of these individual departments in a clean and efficient manner. Without that, you're going to have the same problems that you would have in any other environment as well. Okay, so what we're going to go to now is I want to sort of ask you, Iggy, I mean, I guess like when someone is transitioning, like just keeping it really simple, like what are some of the issues or areas of uncertainty that people face when it comes to actually the coaching side of their program, right? Because they're already good coaches. So what are some of the simple things that they need to be aware of when it comes to going online? I think the main thing when transitioning online people get like a deer in the headlights type of look when they have to consider the technical side of actually delivering the service, right? Because if you're coming from in-person, you don't, you're not dealing with technology at all aside from maybe texting your clients or maybe like becoming their friends on Facebook <laughs> and messaging them on Facebook, but you're not really dealing with any kind of like systems or any kind of operational type stuff. So when you transition online, you you need to some degree be able to understand the tech, right? You, you may not need to be a whiz with the tech like, like I am, right? But you do need to have a level of proficiency where you can deliver a great product and a great service to your clients. And that does involve understanding the software that goes into delivering some coaching and understanding like the software that goes into like doing some follow-ups and being able to make sure that you're really having a high level of kind of like a, a premium experience being delivered to your clientele and doing it in a way that's leveraged. So every gym that I've worked at, like they always had a CRM, right? So CRM is like a tool for keeping all the members of the gym inside that. It basically says, you know, what their name is, when they joined, gives all their personal details. It allows us to write notes on their file so we can kind of track them through the system. That's something that like you just take for granted when you're a personal trainer working in a gym. They've just got those systems. Well, guess what? You're going to need to have those systems when you go online. Like, gee, we started for a very short and painful period of time just using like, you know, Excel spreadsheets and things like that. And then, of course, it became messy very quickly. It's just the sort of thing that we don't think about as a PT transitioning online but it's very much there. And the other issue is that when you're a personal trainer, you are your delivery system, right? You just deliver what's in your brain to the client. It's very easy. That's obviously not going to cut it online. You need a mechanism for that. So we use PT Distinction. They're two of the major softwares for delivery that you need to be aware of having is a CRM to keep everything all managed so you can manage your clients and then a delivery mechanism like PT Distinction or Trainerize to give them the coaching. When it comes to sales, I can talk about the major thing that people just aren't aware of, or there's two. Number one, when you sell face-to-face, because you're a good communicator, you're a personable person. That's why we tend to get into personal training, because we like fitness and we like 
dealing with people, like helping people. So it's not that hard to sell once you know what you're doing. But when you go to online and you have to start taking phone calls, it becomes immediately apparent that you need some sort of a structure. So we needed like a, a script. That's the one thing a lot of people don't have. And the other thing is as well, is you need to understand that you've lost the major sense that you probably relied on in a face-to-face encounter, which is, well, two of them. It's visual. You can't see them anymore and you've lost kinesthetic. You can no longer portray a friendly body language and read theirs to see how they're feeling. They can't just run away from you unless you're doing a horrific job of a sales appointment. But when it comes to over the phone, they can just push that big red button. If they don't like you they get, or if they feel uncomfortable, see you later, they're gone. So now you're relying really only on one of your senses and that's auditory. And you have to use that sense to look into every aspect of what they are feeling, what they're saying. You have to look for second or hidden meanings in everything. You have to read the room. So you have to look at tonality, cadence, pacing, you know, are they conflict avoiding? And you have to finally tune your ear to all of these behaviors in them so you can actually run them through a smooth conversation. Before we made the transition online, I had no idea about those types of things. So we had to go through a process of making a lot of mistakes as we went and learning those things. Even with on the sales side, you know, when you're doing it in person, especially if you're like aesthetically pleasing, I mean, making sure you take care of like <laughs> how you look and making sure like you look the part that does so much of the selling for you. It's absolutely ridiculous. Right. So a lot of people can get away thinking that they're skilled, that they have sales skills when they really don't <laughs> versus in per when you start selling over the phone, you need to have emotional intelligence. You got to be able to hear tonality and you need to be able to like fluctuate your tonality and be able to like deliver how you say something in a way that's that lands with the with the prospect. And there's so much skills involved in it that a lot of people come in thinking that they're good at sales <laughs> and then they start selling uh, online and realize that <laughs> it is not the same. <laughs> well, this is kind of the joke that every mentor in this space knows is that, you know, we all joke about this, but when you sort of speak to people on a, on a call and you say, so what are the things that you need help with? They go, uh, Mark, this is if they're kind of clued in marketing and systems. How are your sales? Oh, my sales are really good. And I just go, okay, cool. And I think, no, they're not, but let's just pretend that they are, you know, and then obviously they come in and then they get the sales training and they love it. But Sales is kind of like the one that's just, it's easy for people to feel good at because they're a people person, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to be good at it at all. Gee, I'm wanting to throw this one to you. Like when it comes to sort of messaging, that might be the last apartment that you build out. Can you just kind of give people a bit of an idea of what we even mean when we're talking about that? A lot of people don't really understand that because they haven't really ever encountered it before. And the way I like to compare it to in person is it's like when you're walking around the gym, just like I was at the fitness first and you're communicating with people in little amounts to build a relationship before you actually book them in for an initial consultation. So you're effectively marching around the gym floor, saying hello to everyone, being friendly, getting them to see your face. Online, we also do that because it's a really, really simple transition. So we're effectively going to all the people who've come into our funnel, everyone who's seen our landing page, we start a one-to-one conversation via messenger to find out a little bit about their goals, to warm them up. It's very similar the way that people, you know, use a dating app in that, hey, you have a conversation back and forth. And then once you've had that conversation, you build enough trust for, you know, both parties to show up 
um, and enjoy a date together. I understand your analogy about it being on the gym floor and kind of going around and sort of starting conversations at a small level, that nurturing phase, that actually really aligns perfectly. And it is true because that's part of it. And people just don't tend to think about that. That's going up to someone and waving their like sort of headphone out and they're like, yeah, and kind of like, what do you want? You know, so you have to go through that process of getting people to actually want to talk to you. And not only that, but then actually want to show up to a sales appointment. The final area like is administration, right? And administration is something that I don't think that there's many personal trainers out there that enjoy this department. And the good thing about it is when it comes to your administration, you're going to have to do it at the start, but it is usually the first department that we can outsource because we have VAs or otherwise known as virtual assistants. And oftentimes they'll be coming from countries like the Philippines where you can get highly skilled workers who actually really love administrative tasks and they can do them really, really well for a fee that at least for Western countries is seen as being extremely reasonable. So you could estimate a really rough number of around about $1,000 a month. So that's a $12,000 a year employee who can be working 40 hours a week doing one of the jobs that you potentially absolutely detest and also are probably horrible at yourself. So, you know, typically when we transition online, you have to have some form of administration, but then as soon as, po as, soon as you're able to responsibly in terms of your finances, you can sort of alleviate that issue faster than some of the other areas perhaps. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, definitely. So like the admin and like the messaging side is one of the two areas you can quickly outsource. I think people outsource the messaging side a little too fast because it's one of those skills where you need to be good at communicating to your prospect and getting them to book in. And once you kind of know like the ins and outs of how like that dynamic works, then you can train somebody to do it for you efficiently. But it's one of those areas that we find a lot of our clients wanting to quickly jump out of because they get annoyed and they get tired of doing it. But it's one of those things where it's like you have to be good at it so that you can have somebody do it for you at a proficient level. What are some of the things that a VA can do from an administration standpoint to help you in the business? There are a lot of things. You know, like you can think like any form of administration, you can pretty much outsource. A lot of people kind of have this belief that they have to do everything in their business for it to be done right. And they get scared of outsourcing. And I, I know I definitely fell into that category. But, you know, you can do, you know, for example, it's like messaging all of your clients, follow up with all of your clients, accountability check-ins, drawing, you know, up all your Excel spreadsheets when it comes to marketing, actually, you know, doing all the day-to-day -day marketing. Like, you know, for me, I'm the visionary with the marketing, but I have my guy, Manny. And uh, Manny is you know, really, really good at the ads. He sets all of them up for me and it really is limitless. Like any job that you do in your own business can be done by a virtual assistant, just depending on the skill, um, what you're willing to pay for. And, you know, often, you know, most of the time you're able to get it at a really cheap rate. I feel like VAs are potentially superstars at anything that doesn't usually, and this is usually involve being on the phone or on camera on video. Basically, they are kind of like your silent sort of champions behind the keyboard. They can do data entry. They can do client management. They can do reminders. They can do messaging. They can do all sorts of stuff. There's a lot of things that they can do so long as it generally doesn't involve verbally communicating with clients or prospects or visually communicating with them via, via video. You know, 
but there are eight figure businesses that are exclusively ran by <laughs> virtually assistants. I know one of them right now, which is kind of crazy. But if you if you have the business set up properly, you have all the systems in place, you know, there's no limit to what a VA can do for your business. I guess the only thing that comes with VAs as any other employee is if you want to have a good employee, they have to be managed correctly. So they have to be trained correctly and managed correctly. And as long as you do that, and that's some time investment that you're going to have to put in at the start. But if you do that and you train them well and you have the systems correctly put in place um, so you can review work, as I said, as you would with any employee, you should have a happy relationship in that circumstance that really allows you to like free up time to do the tasks that will grow your business more. Well, guys, we're just about out of time. So we've sort of condensed that all pretty quickly today. But for anyone who's been listening to this, I mean, you know, when I was a personal trainer, hearing an episode like this would have been really valuable to me because I used to write out goals all the time that were based on finances and growth and all that sort of stuff. But I never really knew the moving parts that were required to put it all together. And once we kind of understood that these five sections exist and they need to be taken care of, whether by you or a staff member, it really does make it a lot easier to kind of conceptualize how you're going to get from point A to point B and do that successfully. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, remember, if you're watching this on YouTube, please give us a like and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on other sources like, say, Spotify or iTunes Music, please give us a positive review and five stars and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>